Hello there and welcome to the Community Life. Here we talk with the amazing humans from the community world about their life journeys and learn from each other. And today we have a conversation with Richard Millington, the founder of Feverbee, a football fan, a published community author who loves data, but still may get bored during a photo shooting. So, hello, Richard. I love that's what you found out about me in advance. Out of all the things you could use, I love that. Hi, Yuri. Thank you for um, have, having me on this show. It's great to be to be here and finally get a chance to like chat to you on this. I know we've spent like half a year trying to work this out, perhaps. Finally, I remember, when, you know, it started crazy because it was crazy, really. From my side, I sent you an invite, you accepted it, then it disappeared from my calendar. And then like I'm receiving a message like, hey, Yuri, are you joining? I was like, joining what? <laughs> and then like... <laughs> But yeah, that's, I don't know how it works, but sometimes it works that way. But anyway, here we are. Let's do it. So for you, what is the difference between traveling by plane and helicopter? I've traveled by helicopter once in my life, like a couple of, well, like a week ago, I was in uh, Dubai. And Dubai is kind of a strange place. Like some people I know really love it. Some really don't, don't like it. I was like, okay, I should check it out because, you know, I'm curious about these places and I go through it all the time when I'm traveling elsewhere. So I figured I'd check out the buyer. And yeah, I did a helicopter trip there. And and so I made a joke on my Facebook being like, now I travel by hel by helicopter. <laughs> Some people didn't get the joke and now they think <laughs> that's how I live. Exactly. And I want to be very clear, like I've had some modicum of success, but I'm nowhere near at the helicopter level. So traveling by hel helicopter, way scarier, but like fun. Um, I would recommend it if you've got the resources and the money, by all means, go ahead. Plane is still my standard way of traveling for now, um, but give it time, give it time. <laughs> and how do you feel about Dubai yourself? Um, well, how do you feel about Dubai? I have no idea. I've never been there. I just okay. heard crazy things about that, you know, like and like crazy so good things or crazy bad things. I would say that's what I've heard. It's like a country of millionaires or something like that. So really? I don't know. I think Dubai. You know, it's, it reminds me a lot of Las Vegas. Like you know, it's built in like the desert, and I thought I'd I'd love Las Vegas. Well, no, sorry. I thought I'd hate Las Vegas. I actually kind of like it. I don't know why I kind of like it. It's everything that I don't like, but like, I kind of like it. Dubai, it's not really my vibe. When I travel, I like Asia, you know, though that's the kind of place I like to go. I like, like, I like scuba diving. I like, I like traveling, like, um, without spending a fortune in every hotel. I like just, you know, yeah, just doing my own thing, rent, renting a scooter, driving around an I an I an island. That's kind of my yeah, that's kind of my thing, I think. Dubai, I get it, but just not quite my vibe. And I think it's good to like fig figure out what places are and aren't your vibe in Dubai. No offense to anyone out there that loves Dubai, <laughs> not my thing. But the airport is amazing. Like the <laughs> ease of getting around, the ease of use is incredible, but apart from that, not quite my thing. You know, uh, there is this joke, I saw this meme somewhere, like you need just to have money, uh, no, not money, you have to have persistent willpower, a lot of work and oil, and then <laughs> you can build everything. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very, very fun. But what place is your vibe? 
I like Thailand a lot. Like, in, you know, I don't usually go go back to the same place, same places I've been because there's so much of the world I want to mm. you know, see a lot. And I remember I spent a year traveling around the world once in like 2014 or so. And that was awesome. And like out of all the places there, there's only like three or four that I'd go go back to. And Thailand, Thailand is just fun. You know, mm. it's not difficult to get around. It's relatively inexpensive. And almost whatever kind of trip you like, you can do there. If you like beaches, you can do beaches. If you like scuba diving like me, you can do that. I mean, whatever kind of thing you like, you can do it there. And that's what I kind of like. Um, so yeah, Thailand is probably my first choice. But again, I like to mix it up. I like to go places that I haven't been before. So, so we'll so we'll see. Talking about this world around around the world trip, tell me a backstory. The backstory. How I mean, did it start? Yeah. So it's a goal of mine um, before I turn thirty to travel around around the world. You know, I don't know if you had this, but when I was like 21, I wrote a bucket list of things that I wanted to do. And it's like, write a book, start my own company, get married. And I, like, I was like just crossing them off um, and traveling around the world was like the next one on, on the list. And so we made a plan to travel around the world, but without flying. Mm. That was the plan. And so going through Europe was easy. You know, like Europe's really easy to get around. And then we get went to like Turkey. Then I think it was Georgia, Armenia. Then after that gets really interesting because it's Iran and Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan and then China, then a boat to Japan and back. And then like through, uh, I think it's Vietnam, Cambodia. I can't remember quite what order, but Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. And then we were stuck because there's actually no way to get into Australia by boat without claiming <laughs> asylum in, in Australia. Um, and so then we began to fly. So we went from like Australia to um, New Zealand, then I think Vanuatu, um, Fiji, Hawaii. And going from Fiji to Hawaii is is crazy because you leave. We left at like 10 p.m. at night and we mm. arrived at like 2 a.m. the same day. Yeah. You know, that's just one of those weird things. Uh, then like um, Hawaii, Alaska, then, you know, North America and back. But like. It's an incredible trip, but it's like, it doesn't really cost that much to do. And it's just traveling by land is so much more interesting because you get to these land borders where at an airport, they're like ready for you to arrive, you know, and mm. up to that point, I mainly just arrived in a place at the airport, at a land border, especially some random land border out, out of the way. They're often like, wow, there's people here, you know, <laughs> and then like everyone kind of like, gathers around because especially if you're the only westerner they've seen for a while then you know they search your bags and stuff and it's like okay this is this is experience but i recommend it i think like if you've got the means to do it and i appreciate there's a lot of privilege there that you know a lot of people don't don't have but if you've got the means to do it then absolutely do it i mean especially like places like the stans you know turkmenistan kazakhstan <laughs> uzbekistan they're just awesome play places to go that we would never go so yeah really really fun have you seen a borat movie i think one i can't remember which i think i think it was the last one right um yeah i think i saw the last one there there were i feel like there were two movies and uh i know that people from kazakhstan really hate this movie and it was but still you know i i can't say that i like it 
but it's just you know it's very similar to south park it's crazy shit but it's still like you know it's some kind of sarcasm some kind of like not showing like real side but still you know like showing some bad things in this very sarcastic way and also good things in very sarcastic way so i wonder i wonder how did you feel while you were in kazakhstan for example um i feel with all the stands i mean there's diff difference between them but like they're just so different i think out of all the places we went to the stands are um like are just so different and uzbekistan like there's certain things i love when i visit places like bread i'm really interested in bread because everywhere you go they've got a different way of like baking bread and that's really interesting mm. um kyrgyzstan you know really interesting because of the mountains and you know nothing about it so i don't want to um select one like country in, in, in particular i feel like the borat movies i've only seen seen one i didn't like it to be honest but i think we need people that can you know do this kind kind, kind of thing because occasionally they make a good point i feel just the stands there's a warmth to the people there's a lot of issues there as well um but the history is just incredible and the things you get to see are just different from almost anywhere else in the world you know like it's just yeah it's hard to describe but i think that people should go to places that they know nothing about you know because in every country you go to there's going to be interesting stuff to visit and you should just pick a place that's off the beaten track and go because it'll be so much more fun like it really will yeah you know it, it's 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 where uh like that because it's it's all you know like this town countries like parts of soviet union and people heard really different crazy story about countries of soviet union but then Ah, some some stories are truth, but <laughs> in general, you know, like, there are there are really good people. So I totally understand what you are talking about. And what do you remember the most vividly from this trip? It's vividly, um, oh, it's hard to pick out. I think there's a couple of things. One, it's interesting to be with your partner 24-7. This is what we didn't think about. Like, usually, like, you know, we, like, both worked and then she would do her thing. I do my do, do my thing during the day. But when you travel, you're, like, together all the time, right? And that's, like, an interesting experience for better or worse. Um, I think Iran was amazing. Um, mm. Because, obviously, in the West, we hear a lot of things about Iran. Um the people were so friendly and so kind and so generous, you know, inviting us into their homes, even if they didn't know us, you know, like it's just, yeah, that was really, really interesting. And like, for me, I think history is amazing. I love seeing like the history and Iran is just incredible. And there's main sites to see there. I think Turkmenistan has this really interesting place called the entrance to hell. Mm. Uh, and basically, do you know like what this is? No, not really. So please tell me. So basically, it's a—I uh, don't don't know what to tell me. It's like a gas pit. It's like a um, something. And like forty or fifty years ago, the Soviet Union they lit it to burn off the ec excess gas, and they thought uh, it would take like yeah, a few yeah. hours. It's been burning for years, but it actually looks like the entrance <laughs> to hell. And the photos you get of that are just incredible. Um, I think both of those things were really m memorable and it's just 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 the way that people are you know like um 
if you read a guidebook on any place, it's like, oh, this place is dangerous. This is scary. And, and you, when you're actually there, you're like, really? You know, <laughs> and I remember I read like one of these guidebooks for like visiting Lon London, where I live. And it's talking about how dangerous London is. And I was like, that's like the mindset I should have when I visit somewhere else where it says it's really dangerous. You know, obviously you have to be aware of some things, but I feel fundamentally like the world isn't as dangerous. I mean, okay, now I'm saying that at perhaps the wrong time, but like <laughs> on, on like on like the micro level, you know, like person to person, the world is not as dangerous, you know, as as what we think. And so I think traveling helps you just appreciate how good most people are. Um, I think that's probably my takeaway from it. Is there something you'd wanted to forget from this trip but can't? That's such a great question. Something I can't forget. I find it very um trying I'm trying to think of something specific because like a whole year, you know. <laughs> I find it very difficult when we're treated better because we're white. Um, and there's some places where there's like an association with whatever it is, like prestige or just money. And it just feels very, I don't like it, you know, like I really, I don't like it when I'm in like a line to get a visa and I'm called to like the front. You know, I find that really weird and uncomfortable, you know, I, I, so things like that perhaps. Um, but generally yeah. like most people just, I can't think of any really bad incident that happened. Um, for a whole year, I mean... There were times where we were like tricked out of some money, but not like a major amount that actually bugs me, you know. I ate one one or two things that caused um adverse effects, and so I don't really um no, there's nothing really that I there's no single thing that I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm happy with almost everything <laughs> I did. Yeah. I'm happy with my memories. Okay. And what what was the hardest part of being for 388 days together 24/7 with your partner? Um It's funny because a couple of years after that we got divorced and so it's hard to separate the memories of the two but like mm. actually tra traveling together it's difficult because I was still working during the year and there were times where and well, and and she and she and she wasn't and we knew that up front, but it's like, it's kind of difficult when you're in a situation where I've, I've got to work and what is she supposed to do during, during that time? Because if she like goes and has fun, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have fun. But like at the same time, what, what's she going to do? Just sit around and be bored? Like, and so you've got to resolve a lot of those things. And I think that was really, despite what happened in the end of that relationship, I feel like that that really helped to figure out how to resolve issues. And I do think before you ever get married to someone or live with someone, travel with someone first mm. because you get to see how they respond when things aren't going well. And it really helped that, you know, my ex was like, um, she was lit well, she is Lithuanian and so spoke Russian and that helped through so yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Well. I can that imagine. A huge, a huge win. And so, yeah, just seeing more about each other. But really the challenges are just like... Yeah, I think the only challenge we really had were times where perhaps we needed our own space and we didn't have that anymore. Um, I mean, you could make it happen, but we didn't. And just times where I had to work and then it's just mm. kind of awkward to figure out what she's going to do. And obviously yeah, she should go exactly. out and have fun, but like it feels a bit, you know, awkward, you know? Um, yeah. I, I totally understand because, you know, today, today is a working day for me and like the weekend for my wife and like... 
I, I can feel it. I can literally feel it right now. But my wife went to have fun with her friends, so it's all good. I'm working, everything okay. Thank you. <laughs> and okay, so let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your parents. Who are they? Wow, that's deep. Like a therapy session again. Okay. <laughs> my parents, um, I don't even know how to begin that. Uh, my dad, um, they... David is from the north of the UK. Grew up in a town called Halifax. Um, so he's definitely got that northern culture and vibe. Um, but he's a very, very hardworking man. Very disciplined. Um, yeah, and a huge. I've got a huge amount of respect for him. Um, quite funny as well, but in like a, um, I don't know less obvious way at times <laughs> uh yeah my mom is from um like london initially or like north london um spent most of her time um well since i since i was born like working with kids she used to volunteer at my school uh yeah and took a bunch of jobs like often just working with kids and special needs kids and things like like that um so yeah my parents uh yeah i've never been asked that in any interview i've ever done do you know how they met Yes, uh, where they both worked. So they both worked in like the town that um that I was born in. Um, so they met at work. Yeah. While growing up, what was your best time spending with some of your parents? <laughs> I think on holidays for sure. Um, <laughs> funny, I'm saying this because I know there's a real chance my parents might watch this. You know, so I'm like always had that in the back of my mind. Exactly. I think honestly, like my dad worked really, really hard. My mum um, worked kind of of part time, so my mum was always around. My dad, you know, was generally around, but you know, after were working working day, so it wasn't always available to spend a lot of time with. But on vacations, is always good, especially like um, places we used to go in the UK. That was really fun, just to spend time and also just get to know your parents. You know. Um, everyone has a different relationship with their parents and you know ours was maybe a little um, not like the family where we hug each other all the time any of that it's more like a more emotionally reserved fa fa family you know yeah. Um, yeah but like just going on vacation just seeing who they are and getting to know them understanding what they like understanding what they don't like um, and just seeing them in, in action you know like everyday interactions I think was mm -hmm. uh, yeah, really, really interesting It's so fun that you mentioned that that your parents might watch this or listen to this episode because I remember, you know, I, I at some point I was posting like daily on Facebook and then my mom was on Facebook and I, oh, she said, and my wife's mom was on Facebook and they were like following my posts and I was oh my God, I have to choose words. I have to understand that everything I say can be used against me. And like, yeah. it's, it was so crazy. So... When you're doing some social media posts or like in on any social media or doing some presentation, do you have in mind this like, okay, my parents might watch it, so I have to be careful? Not my parents. I mean, my parents might see it, but I think my parents will, will be bored of like a lot of this stuff, you know? <laughs> I've been talking about the same thing for like 15 years, you know? Um, I think when I post on like a personal, like I... I don't know about most people, but I keep a, like a bit of a separation between my personal life and my professional life, just because mm -hmm. it's kind of a different perso persona for each, and I like having a bit of a divide. 
Um, so my parents will probably read everything I put on like Facebook and Instagram. And I'm guessing almost nothing I put on <laughs> LinkedIn and Twitter <laughs> and those kind of other platforms, which is why threads is really annoying because it's like a combination of, of the two. Mm. And I can't quite figure out how to use threads like right now because I don't want to use it for personal reasons because so many people from a professional environment, but yeah, I can't really do a professional environment either. So yeah, I'm not quite sure how to use it. So in answer to your question, I don't know. I don't think they will see, see this, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Um, we'll see. What is the main difference between your professional life and personal life? I think professionally, I think it's a more consistency, you know, and, and I don't know if I did this by accident or it just tend to happen, but like, if you follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter, I don't really talk about my personal life much. I mean, I talk about events I'm speaking at, but mostly it's like, this is a way I think you can build a community better, data, community data, <laughs> consultancy, community data. And it's more like consistency because I think of myself, this might be an, an arrogant thing to say, but like, it's a brand, right? Like if you're a consultant, you're a brand. And I think like all brands, there should be a consistency in, in the messaging. Um, on my personal life, I'm a lot more reserved now about what I used to be. Like, I used to be getting involved in these discussions about politics and Brexit and all these things. And these days, like, <laughs> you know, if there's an issue that really grates me, of course, I'm going to be be there for it. But like, I try not to. Um, so I think the difference is professionally, it's more like this is a work thing, you know. Um, and if you meet me, I'm you know I'm happy to chat. Uh, but like, yeah, on, on like social media. And that's one of those folks that tends to keep a separation between the two. And personally, I just share what's going on in my life. You know, Instagram and Facebook, it's pretty locked down. I'm surprised that you found it, actually. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, I share what I'm up to, but it's pretty surface level stuff, you know. Um, I've got friends that I can go to for like, you know, if I need like emotional support, I have friends I go to. I don't really want to use social media for that because for me, it's too... Yeah too public too open too out there you know and also like i could have clients that are read that are reading it so i don't want to be like oh this client is giving me a really tough tough time because that's just a bit <laughs> awkward, I, think. Yeah. I can imagine clients reading this and like oh then you know we, we receive a message like rich story like ah, we didn't we didn't want to be that way <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> uh, I, I mean with clients like i feel the confidentiality is a that yeah, exactly. And the only thing I'll say about them is stuff that is positive. Um, because almost all of my clients are positive, positive experience. And also like information I'm happy, I, I think they'd be happy for their for them to be out there. Uh, they'd mm -hmm. be happy for that information to be out there because it's not a secret in the first place. Um you have to be careful because yeah, I know of situations where other people in our space have said things that in a more public medium than what they thought it was. Um, so you gotta have to be a bit careful about that. What was the craziest thing you've ever asked Santa about? Ever asked what about? Santa, Santa Claus. Oh, the craziest thing I asked was Santa Claus. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I literally don't have an answer to this question because 
I remember my brother and I, we used to have to write like, like a wish list, you know, mm-hmm. and that sense that would go to the North Pole, whatever. I don't remember like anything specific. I just remember a list, but like, I remember being very confused by Santa Claus because it'd be Christmas day and I'd be lucky and get presents, you know, but the parents would be like, well, from Nan or from granddad. And I'd be like, I'm like, wait, I thought Santa was was delivering these. I remember my parents, my parents would say, yes, but your nan gives them to Santa to deliver to you. I'm like, well, Santa's in the North Pole. My nan is just down the road. It doesn't feel very environmentally friendly to me. Um, I mean, like, very confused about all that. Um, yeah, I don't have a good answer. So I cannot think of anything wild I asked Santa for. Um, yeah. When did you understand that Santa was not as real as they said? I don't know what story came first, but I know there's two. One is my best friend in school was a Jehovah's wit- wit- Witness. And at one point he just said, Santa just doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm quite confused about that because like, he never lied to me before. So why is he lying now? Um, <laughs> And then my brother, he, I don't know what what age he was when he did this, but him and his friends decided to come up with a, with an idea, which is ask Santa Claus for his 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 autograph, and then they compared the results. Mm. They were all different. So my brother concluded Santa Claus didn't exist. <laughs> I don't know which story came came first, but I remember like it was one of those two things. Yeah, it was a real investigation. <laughs> yeah, my brother is a. Uh, His, yeah, that, you, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> that's what I know about my broker. How do you feel when somebody wishes you to have a blessed or magical day? I'll preface this by saying I'm an atheist. Um, you know, people can... I have no issue with like people that want to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, I remember... I know where you're getting this from. Um I was at I was speaking at an event in Disney. Um, I think it was a social media.org event and like it's in Flo- in Florida. And there's this one lady who like whenever I went there, she's like, have a blessed day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't have a strong feeling on that, but like, yeah. My views w- would be different. Um, I do feel like in in the in the USA, there's a there's like almost an exaggeration of the sentiment, right? Like um, where in like the in like the UK, it'd be like have 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 a good day. Whereas in the mm-hmm. USA, it's like have a magical, amazing, blessed day. <laughs> And I always find that a bit like strange. It's like at um res- at, at like restaurants as well, you know. Like in like the UK, it's like uh, you know good good. Good morning, sir. How can I help you? In like the USA, it's like, good morning, sir. How's your day going? It's like, it's like, wow, you know, you need to <laughs> chill out a little. Stop harassing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny when you go to like, you know, um, I said my ex was like um Lithuanian. And when you go in there, it's like, why are you here? You know, it's a completely different experience. Uh, yeah. What can make you bored? Doing repetitive work. Um, when I'm doing something that I've done like a bunch of times before, it can be quite repetitive. Um, yeah, so certain parts of the work I do, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a grind. 
um, <laughs> things that just don't require any creativity or skill. You know, part of what I'm doing at the moment is getting ISO 27001 certified for the business. And there's so many policies and documents I've got to trawl through. And the firm that we're using are great. But, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real grind. It really doesn't excite me at all. So yeah, doing repetitive things and ironing as well. Like ironing clothes is just, oh, I'd scream. You know, I hate doing it. Like it's, it, like, it's so much effort just to remove a crease. You know, yeah. You're yeah. still ironing clothes, really? <laughs> oh, as opposed to having someone else that does it. I mean, I can <laughs> on like work trips. Yeah, if I like, you know, if I'm staying in a hotel for a couple couple of days, I might use a dry clean clean there because there's so many other things to deal with. But in my personal life, yeah, I can spend time, you know, on clothes. I can I can afford that. I I mean I mean like what I what I'm saying by that because. I I do not remember the last moment I've ever ironed my clothes, you know, because always when I wash something, I try to hang it that way that it will dry already, like in a good shape. And like Wait, shirts won't do. <laughs> mm. It depends on like the clothes. Okay, so this is different. Like you're wearing a t, -t, -t yeah, exactly. Now. You're wearing like a Colin shirt. Like there would be creases all over that. And so then you've got to make a decision about whether you're okay with that. And for me, <laughs> if I'm like presenting to a client or going on stage or going to a wedding or whatever, like, no, there's no way. I've got to like feel okay in what I'm wearing. So ironing clothes, yeah, I hate doing it. <laughs> I really hate doing it. Yeah. How do you feel about discovering old graves? Discovering old graves. You're okay about it? <laughs> I'm strong opinion that. I think like cemeteries are fascinating. Um, yeah, I don't really have like much on this. I think they're interesting places to go and visit. Um, yeah, I don't have much on this one. How did you feel when you had a fire in your building? I love that you go through my Facebook page and like, oh, this happened, this happened. I'm going to go through this. <laughs> oh, man, the fire in my building. This was... Um, it's actually a sad back background to this. So I can't remember the year, it was like 2016, I think. There's a big fire in, in a building in, in London called, called Renfell. And sadly, a lot of people died. Um, but it's because a lot of the buildings had like a, clad, a cladding issue um, that was flab, flab, flammable and it shouldn't have been. And so, yeah, I was living in a building that like caught fire, not at the same level, nobody died, but like, mm -hmm. It's a scary situation and for me i was kind of thinking like if this building went up in smoke um and i lost everything in it assuming that ev that ev everyone's alive i kind of realized it wouldn't be such a big deal mm. you know it'd be difficult because you know like i have to replace stuff and find somewhere to live and that'd be annoying but like in terms of, of possessions like i realized i really don't have that many possessions anymore i'm quite a minimalist and like most of the stuff I need is like on my laptop, you know, I could access everything like remotely. So there's a couple of like memories and keepsakes that I would love to keep. But if everything went up in smoke, you know, touch wood, um, <laughs> it wouldn't be a disaster for me because I feel like I could replace it like pretty, pretty fast. Um, I'm not as attached to, to 
two possessions really um yeah what is what is the one thing that you would have missed when that burning up is smoke there really isn't much i can think of um because the way i live my life is like I really don't have much of an attachment to possessions. I'm trying to think of something big that would really I'd really miss. Um maybe just photographs, you know, like things that you can't replace that aren't backed up. Um but there really isn't much that I'm attached to in possessions. I can really try trying to think. I'm look just looking around now, but <laughs> no, it's because also I've like moved the house a bunch of times, so I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff, so like I'm quite yeah. light on that side but like no it's nothing i mean no i feel like there should be though um, what is me i'd really miss when was wh- when was the last time you've printed photos <laughs> you know so when i got married definitely someone else pr- print like printed some photos on our behalf uh passport photos obviously but i don't think that counts uh maybe 20 years when you had those kodak like those 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 one new things yeah so maybe that like 20 years ago i think yeah it's so fun how many when you are visiting a new place how many photos do you usually take i have no idea <laughs> I don't I mean I take photos of things that are interesting but it's not like a count it's more like how many interesting things do I see or how how many how many things that I think are going to be funny but like it could be like a photo of something dumb in my hotel rooms like oh this this spider this spider this spider this spider this spider is huge I'm going to take a photo of it and by the way there's a spider in my room so that's another issue um yeah like it's it's a funny thing like when I was doing that round the world trip there's like places where they check the photos you've taken when you're leaving uh to make sure you didn't take any photos of like oh, wow. building, buildings or any of that so like uh Turkmenistan was a lot like that and you're going through like your photos thinking well, I hope there's nothing <laughs> bad in here but there's lots of like really dumb really dumb fo- photos you like you know standing by weird buildings like uh, how many photos do I take not many I'm not huge on Instagram I don't like try to build a big following on any of those platforms Uh so not many. I think for me what I've heard which is interesting is that you should take more photos of your everyday life because later those are the things that you see every day that you get nostalgic nostalgic about then you don't have the photos of it. So I'm trying to do more of that. Just take photos of like, you know, like the the apartment that I'm in and just when I go back to my parents I like taking photos of that cuz I'm like okay, you know, this is going to be be here forever and it's just interesting or like the street that I live on cuz like there's no photos that i've seen of that street you know like mm-hmm. it's so it seems like that i think i'll well be like oh i wish i had a photo a photo a photo of that do you ever take um a, a photo of the same place in different time and then to compare what changed no not not deliberately it might happen accidentally but not deliberately no um it'd be interesting though especially around here because they're building like so so many things around here be interesting that time lapse though, over time mm. why is this something that you do 
I've recently did one thing. So there is like a fence out of my window and there is some green stuff growing there. And okay. I tried to catch like the progress of its growing. So I made a photo only when it started growing and like before yeah. the fall. So to see like the progress and it, it was really massive, you know, because like I see it every day and I don't even, I don't, I don't see this uh, small steps, you know, increase. But then when I see like how it started and how it ended, then like, oh yeah, now I see, now I know how it works. So I, I guess, yes. But also not that deliberately as, as as you've told. But I feel like it might be interesting, you know, to check some sometimes later. Like what ha yeah. because you know, people when growing up, like they have photos of their real children and then they have photos of them growing up and then they have photos of them and as adults and they can compare, but it's very similar about places, you know. Yeah, I think places is interesting. Um I don't think there's any place I repeatedly take a photo of, but it would be interesting to see. I wish I had more photos of the house that I grew up in over the years because my parents still live in that house. So, mm. but it's changed so much. So I wish I, I definitely wish I had more photos of that. Um, yeah, I think before and after photos are good. Like, like I think at the beginning of last year, I began going to the gym, like properly, you know, doing weights and all that. And everyone said, you should take a photo before and then later on. And I didn't, but I kind of wish I had, you know, like I think <laughs> it's that kind of progress is like probably good to track. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I saw an old photo on Facebook of you wearing this cargo shirts where you have a lot of pockets. And I've, felt like you were having a lot of stuff in your pockets. So I wonder, what did you usually have in your pockets? Not think of what photo you're referring to. Um, the answer is probably nothing, but like, I'll go in a different direct direction with this, but like, I grew up in a situation where like fashion was kind of scared, scary to me because like, I was so scared of like making a, a, a mistake. So I never did anything adventurous. It was always like very like the most boring stuff possible. But I was also like buying really bad clothes. So a lot of like really baggy clothes that wasn't really like a good fit for me. And so it's funny when I look back on photos now, I'm like, wow, I dress really badly. Um, <laughs> and then I think when I turned 30 i realized i'm still dressing like i was tw 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 21 so it's only been the last couple of years that i'm like you know what i don't want to be like the most fashionable per person in the world but i do think there's a point where you've got to be like all right let's let's figure, let's figure out how to dress smart let's make sure we've got the right fit understand how colors go together like understand the basics of that i think i think guys may be a bit scared of that at times or like i know that that I had 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 a bit of fear about it, but like, she kind of figure out the basics. It's kind it's kind it's kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I think now I try to dress better than what I used to for sure. So <laughs> I have no idea what's in my pockets. Like usually I have a wallet and keys in there. Like I'm not that exciting of anything spectacular <laughs> in my pockets. But like, yeah, um, went in a bit of a different direction now. Have you ever lost your voice after a football match? 
No. Um, I lose my voice from time to time when I give like a webinar. Um, if it's like, so I remember like last week I gave a two hour workshop at the community led um, event. Um, and there was so difficult because like an hour through a two hour workshop, I'm like, wow, my voice is really going. So then I have to start drinking like a, a like a lot, lot of water. And I realized that I need the bathroom, but like, I feel a bit unprofessional just to be like, bye everyone. We back <laughs> Sorry. In 10, 10, 10 minutes. And so, yeah, a bit short on time. No, I don't think I lose voice after, after a football match. And I don't go to that many now. Um, no, I don't think I lost my voice after a football match that I can recall. What kind of fan are you? You mean what team? Football in general, like what kind of fan? Like how how you understand this question? Just answer how you think about it. Yeah, uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, what kind of fan? Not a rabid fan, you know. Like it's not like. Where if someone else supports a different team, I hate that that person. I feel like that's a really dangerous place to be. Um, I think it's fun to support a team. You know, pe people that don't that don't do sports, I get it, but like, it's fun because sports is like this great metaphor for life. You know, like yeah, there's some people have have advantages, but people can overcome them all the time, and there's people doing amazing things, and there's great stories in sports, and so yeah, in terms of of Football, more of like a not casual. I'm, I'm more than a casual, casual fan, but I'm not a devout fan. Um, I'm interested in like many diff different sports, but like in football, it's uh, Arsenal for sure. Why Arsenal? It's because my mum is like a Spurs fan, and they're like <laughs> the right, like the right, the rivals to Arsenal. And I think that's probably why I chose Arsenal just to be annoying. Um, <laughs> But, like to like, rebel you, yeah but like once you've picked a team you're stuck with that team for life you know you can't change like i don't know why no, that's a no. rule but you can never change team you're stuck with that team for life yes that's kind of what happened to me um arsenal were just at the right age and that was it so fun that you mentioned it because i remember when i was at school we uh we love to watch mostly Series A, like Italian football uh, team teams. And I remember in our class, there were a team for Juventus and team for Milan. And, yeah. you know, like from day one, I don't know why, but from the, even though uh, at that time it was Andrei Shevchenko, like Ukrainian player yeah. who played in Milan. I don't know why I still, you know, was connected to Juventus. And like, I, I don't, I don't watch football that more currently like i feel like the, the last time i watched like it was some kind of world championship or something like that and i final of the world championship i watched or something like that and still you know juventus is always there like this black white and now they have some kind of pink shirts which is crazy but then back then they were black white so I totally understand how it works. I don't know why, but yes, once you've picked the team, you stay with it. <laughs> there is no opportunity to change a team. And it can have a big like impact on your life, you know, in like many different ways. But like, yeah, it can have a big impact on your life. But you're locked in, and that's it for life. Um, <laughs> and it's always done by some 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 random things. So sometimes it's like your parents support a team, so you support a team. But like. It always feels for a lot of us, especially if you don't grow up in a town that has a 
good team. Mm-hmm. It's ra- random, really just a random thing. Yeah, and talking about that, you know, in Ukraine, we did have teams, but they never made it to some championships. Or if they made it, they were losing like every round o- almost. And I was ah, why do you do this to us? You know, why why can't we be proud of our national teams? Like, <laughs> so why why do we have to choose other teams? <laughs> I never realized how important sport was until the pandemic hit. Mm. And sports seems to be like the most insignificant thing. You know, when people are dying, who cares about sport? But I think there's something about sport. Like when it's not there, you're like, oh, the weekend is here, and what we're we going to do? What we're we going to watch? And it's also really interesting when it began again and there's no crowds because suddenly you can hear everything the players are saying because there's no everything else, right? Like, wow, I'm sure they don't want to be saying that on live TV. But yeah, it's a really interesting experience. And I think I, I just appreciate sport now. I kind of get it. I kind of get you know, the role it plays in life. What was your favorite Counter-Strike map to play on? Have you played? Yeah. Really Counter Strike. I mean <laughs> I I love that most people are gonna have no idea what we're talking about in this. <laughs> I love Nuke. Do you remember mm. Nuke? Mm. I like Nuke. It's in like the like the where like like the where the warehouse in, in like the middle. Um I like and like Dust Two was good. Dust Two was a great map. Um yeah. I feel like I feel like I didn't play too much on Nuke, but I remember Dust, Dust Two, Assault, and this map. I don't remember how it called this map when you has just X between the map and you have a lot of um, weapons and you just like it's like um, quadrat shape map and just like terrorists and counter terrorists are on different sides and you have like three ways to each other and you just like you know very very fast map to fight but something was covered with snow or something like that i don't yeah. remember how it's called you know i feel counter strike in this weird way has probably had as big an influence on my life as anything else you know <laughs> like it got me involved in the commute the community space it got me connected with a lot of people that I'm still connected with today. Like Counter-Strike had this huge impact on my life. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame that people have a certain opinion of gaming that's negative. Mm. When you actually spend time with people that are playing these games, especially at an advanced level, they're doing really remarkable things, you know, like really remarkable things. And I was at like the age of like 18 or 19, I was running these count these Counter-Strike events across the UK. And doing all this really cool stuff, but to everyone else is like just play, just playing games, and it's a shame, really, because I think gaming can be amazing, really amazing. What side did you usually play for? Ah, uh, I don't really mind, honestly. Um, <laughs> I think counter terrorist is more my natural stance. I liked, I like being, I like defending more than attacking. Um, it's probably a metaphor in there, right? But like, um, yeah, I felt counter is more fun. Um, yeah. What was your favorite gun? I forgot what it was. Uh, I think it's the M4, right? The one with the sight, the sight, the silencer on it. Mm. 
B43, I guess. Doesn't sound right. I don't remember, you know, the fun thing that I don't remember names of the gun, but I remember how do you like hot keys for every gun. And I remember like B43, B44, B15, B1, yeah. B13. And then I, I just, I just, yeah, my fingers still remember, you know, like, and I remember it was 43, I guess it M16 was. And it was with the silence, this silence thing. And then right. B44, it was with this um, sniper. Mm, how do you call it? A AWP, right? Um, I don't remember. How, uh, it was B48, I guess. And it was like this really sniper refo. And then it was 44. It was like automatical, but with uh, this sniper vision. Yeah, I remember like B81 was body armor, I think. B81. I don't know why I remember that, but like I remember like writing scripts, you know, so you could just press a key and it would buy like anything. Ah, uh, like, oh, wow, you were a cheater. Okay. I know. <laughs> you were to, to um, write scripts, as far as I'm aware. Like, yeah, but that game, if I don't know how much time I spent playing that game, like it just made me fall in love with online community unities really like i realized more and more kind of like now we've had chess because i play like a lot of chess like it's nice to hang out with people that do the same thing even if you're not doing that activity so i'm spending so much time in chat rooms just chatting to people and building a community in that space like yeah Man. i will share with you one fun story connected to counter-strike uh i was i guess in the eighth or ninth grade something like that and we had like computer club near to our school and we have like 15 minutes break between lessons. And we were like, on the previous lesson, we already agreed who will play for who. We prepared money, you know, we gave it to one person. Yeah. So this person go to administrator and give them money. And then we like, the, the moment we hear the bell, we run to the computer club. We buy 10 minutes and we played Counter-Strike for 10 minutes. But the, the craziest thing is that in this computer club, people smoked really hard. And after that, we were all in this uh, cigarette smoke. And we come into another lesson and teacher like, you were smoking. We were not. You were smoking. I can smell it. No, we didn't. <laughs> so it was, it was a crazy thing. But yeah, I, you know, funny Counter-Strike memories for sure. I remember like, so I was really lucky. I, I began building a community and then I began going to these like major events like all around the world. So I went to like World Cyber Games in South Korea and Dallas and the CPL and all these like really big events. And that was like, in a weird way, that was my life for a while. I was like flying at the age, at ridiculously young age, you know, to these events to write about them for magazines or websites or help um, run those events. It was like, it was, it was an incredible life for a while. Like it was a really just... Yeah, wildlife. I can imagine. And since you travel so much, what home means for you? So Safety, in a word. Yeah, I like just, I like being home. I like being secure. I like being like in my, in my domain. You know, no one's going to get me in here. Um, yeah, I think safe. Safety. You know, Richard, I really wish to have the sky is the limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Sure. 
Data or gut feeling? Data in most aspects of your life. Diving or flying? Scuba diving is amazing. Like you, you dive for fun. I don't think many people fly. I mean, some do fly for for uh, for fun, but scuba, 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 scuba dive is amazing. Yeah. What are your favorite color and song? Favorite color, blue. Favorite song changes a lot. I think as a classic, I love Fast Car, like Tracy Chapman Fast Car. I think such a classic and amazing song. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? Always wanted to fly, honestly. I think flying <laughs> would be the thing. Who do you learn from in the community world? Name just one person. One person? Uh, I think right now, who's impressing me the most? It's probably Brian. Brian Obligan, yeah. Name two people who I should definitely reach out to and have this conversation with. Uh, I'm guessing Brian you've spoken to already. Um, But it counts. <laughs> no, I think Brian's great. I'm trying to think who else doing. I think Chris Detzel. I think that's how I say his name. I'm doing really interesting stuff on the data side as well. Like um, I like what he's doing. I think at the moment... We need more people doing unique stuff. Like we don't need more. Like you build a content calendar by doing this thing. I think actually, like um, having unique perspective, unique advice, unique expertise. I think we need more of that. And Chris is doing some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Is there one question that I definitely should have asked you but didn't? Should you have asked me? There's nothing that immediately comes to mind, but I would warn you, I'm really tired today. Nothing that immediately comes to mind. It depends like what you want to know, you know, like, um, do, you, do you feel that you know the real me? I think I'm, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, but or barely talked about, but I'm passionate about is chess. Like I've gotten really into chess the last year that I'm absolutely hooked on, on that game. Um, there's nothing else, I think. Like, um, yeah, I think, I think you've, you've done well. Why do you like chess? Chess is by far the best game ever created. Like you can learn it really easily, but to master it, there's never like a top level, you know? And at the moment, the range of the game that's so old, but people are still finding new ways to play it, you know, new strategies, new tactics. And I just find it amazing that you can learn so much about someone by how they play chess, how aggressive they are, how how tricky they are, what kind of opening do they have? You know, do they use the same opening in every game or do they mix it up each time? And I find that amazing. I remember being in um, Iran and sitting down at a chessboard and some guy, you know, we can't talk to each other, but we can play, we can play yeah. chess, right? And so it's like that I really love, you know, I, I think chess is just the ultimate game. People should, should play it um, just because you'll never hit the top. You know, you'll never reach a point where you can't get any better at the game. And I think that's, um, that's exciting. Um, yeah. What is the best way to learn playing chess? I think Gotham chess on YouTube is probably the best resource at this point. Um, he's just released a book actually, um, like how to play chess. So I, I would recommend that. Got it. You know, Richard, thank you very much for this conversation. And, you know, Absolutely. 
as you told, as you told, there are so much of you from the expert point of view, but there is really not that many of you from your personal point of view. And this conversation was a great experience, you know, to get to know you better, to get to know you behind Fever B, behind this expert side, behind, commu- right. behind community expert. And it gave me a lot of enjoyment and it's it's just you know i i can't even describe this feeling but you know when you see something or somebody you like you feel you know for ages but then you see something from totally different side and you are amazed and you are happy so that's exactly how i'm feeling right now to getting to know you Thanks. not that much because it's impossible you know i feel like it's 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 the whole life you you're living and it's, it's just impossible to get to know all of you in one hour not really you know it's just the beginning well thank you i'm flattered by your kind words it's great to, to uh, meet you in prague right you met in prague this year yeah yeah, yeah. um like you gave a fantastic talk <laughs> and i love what you're doing i love your unique your unique approach to this so um thank you so so much it's an honor to be here Thank you very much, Richard, and see you in the community world.